Hey, neighbor, thanks for stopping by the front porch. There's a great chill in the air, so let me get us both a cup of joe and some of that good Tennessee white pine, and we'll sit down and enjoy a good-smelling fire here in the chimney and a hot cup of joe. Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. My friends, I tell you what, this is my time of the year. As the great singer Andy Williams sang, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Dear friend, I hope this podcast finds you and yours doing well. If you're going through a difficult time right now, I want to share just a word of encouragement with you. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and it can lift you up regardless of where you find yourself at the time of this listening. But I want to share a little bit of an interesting perspective regarding the wise men who came to visit the baby Jesus. I'm going to get right into the message. I want to keep my message brief. Every message between now and Christmas, I will seek to keep brief because I know you're busy and have a lot going on and a lot of things happening on your plate. So here we go. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you find him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. So friend, today I want to share with you three blessings of Christmas. Just a quick overview about the passage I just read. The time of the birth. The birth of Jesus was some time before the death of Herod the Great in 4 BC. But isn't it interesting that the world is doing everything they can to strip remembrance of Jesus? And yet, mankind cannot remove the fact that the birth of Jesus split time in two. That is a fact. 
The wise men were from the east, known as Persia, which is modern-day Iran. The Zoroastrians worshipped a god they called Ahura Mazda. Of course, remember that there is only one god, but in paganism, they viewed Ahura Mazda as their god. The word translated here is magus, which is the plural form of magas. And uh, it does come from ancient uh, Persia or Babylonian uh, background. But it means to be a wise man and a priest. They were experts in astrology, interpretation of dreams, and various other occult arts were their background. They were, in our terminology, pagan priests who practice occultism. But make no doubt about it, folks, these people were, were well-read and smart people. They were the educated elite who led the people of their region. But we know that there were more than one magas, because the word is plural, but we do not know that there were three. The three comes from the three expensive gifts they brought of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to honor the new king that had been born. A little background about the star. Throughout the centuries, it has been speculated that it was a supernova that was recorded by the Chinese in March and April of 5 B.C. Some have speculated it's Halley's Comet that occurred in 1211 B.C., 12 or 11 B.C. Others have conjectured that it's a planetary conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that was recorded in 7 B.C., or a planetary conjunction of Jupiter and Venus that was recorded in 3 B.C., friend, it was none of those. The word translated star here means a luminous body visible in the sky. It often does mean the kind of star that you and I think of when we think of star, but this luminous body in the sky was radically different. It appeared at the specific moment Jesus was born, betokening his birth. The Greek language, the original language of the New Testament, clearly says that the star of him his star. When the wise man saw its appearing, they knew by divine revelation where they needed to go to find this king that had been born. The star itself did not lead them perpetually. Once they had their meeting with Herod and found out the location of the birth, the luminous body reappeared and went ahead of them and came to stop over the house where Jesus was. The arrival of the wise men could have been as late as two years after the star appeared. Herod used their description of the timing to backdate his murder of all male children born two years prior to their arrival. As far as we know, the only people present the night that Jesus was born are the shepherds. The star, though, was a miraculous sign given to the Gentile pagan religious leaders who practiced occultism. And more about that in just a few minutes. But before we talk about three blessings of Christmas that I hope will really encourage you today, I think it would be good for us to look at the five indictments that remind us of the three blessings. Because you see, there are some indicting words in this passage of Scripture that I just read. Indictment number one, a perverted response to a glorious revelation. It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Literally, they were frightened or terrified. They should have been rejoicing at the news. It says that the, the wise men rejoiced. But instead, they were terrified. You ask why? Because the shakeup of their sad, self-serving, oppressive reign was coming to an end. In other words, folks, the gig was up. Herod, a third-rate king, given reign over an impoverished people on the backside of Rome, had freedom to do as he pleased. Do you realize that King Herod was a substandard king? He was a third-rate king, given reign over an impoverished people on the backside of Rome, and had freedom to do as he pleased. The Jewish religious ruling class led an opulent life. They crushed those under their care with heavy man-made burdens spun off from the Mosaic law that was so micromanaged and fleshed out to the smallest minute point 
that the people were under suffocating regulations, requirements, and restrictions, and they led oppressive lives under the reigns of both the Jews and the Gentile foreign occupiers called Rome. Folks, we need to remember that the people there in Israel, they were not only under the reign of Rome, but they were also under the reign and terror of the religious leaders who oppressed them and used them as a means of great gain. So the first indictment was a perverted response to a glorious revelation. Herod and the religious leaders in that religious group and the people of Israel were without excuse. Christmas indictment number two. It says Herod probed them as to where the Christ was born. Herod knew the story and he wanted to kill him. Christmas indictment number three for these folks. The chief Jewish leaders knew the answer to the question that Herod asked right off the top of their head without hesitation. What an indictment on themselves. They knew. They knew where. It had happened, and they totally missed it. Christmas indictment number four. Not only did they know, but they could quote the prophetic passage that told them the answer. They didn't even stammer or stutter. When he asked the questions, they said, Oh, yes, (laughs) Bethlehem. And here's where it tells us that. Christmas indictment number five. They were not looking for him. It had been 400 years of silence from God. 400 years. The religious leaders of God had long stopped seeking Yahweh, instead creating an enclave for themselves that provided them with the finest life has to offer, all on the backs of their victims. Christmas indictment number six. They weren't notified by God that the most amazing miracle had just happened right under their noses, right in their own backyard. Mary, mother of Jesus, was notified. The low-class shepherds were notified. The pagan Gentile occultic priests were notified, but they were not notified. And I'll say more about the occultic priests. You see in the Bible translations, the aspect of what they actually were is played down, and I think it's for a reason, folks. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Three blessings of Christmas we can glean from these indictments, and these are for you and for me. Number one, God communicates the good news of the birth of the Savior to the most lost people in the world, and they can come to a knowledge of the truth and bow in salvation and worship Jesus. God revealed the virgin birth to Gentile occultic practicing religious priests to show that the door to salvation is open wide to all. God is no respecter of persons. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to a knowledge of the truth, repent, and be saved. That is a blessing. There are no restrictions. The vilest person can bow in their heart to Jesus and say yes to him, call on him for salvation, and enter into his kingdom. What great news. It is the best news that any of us can ever hear. Blessing number two, the baby born in Bethlehem is both ruler and shepherd. He is different from any other ruler you and I have ever seen. He is better. He is absolutely in charge, and he is eternally benevolent to those who will worship him. Christmas blessing number three, God has notified you and me of Jesus' miraculous birth and revealed to you and me who he is, the promised Messiah, the one who came to deliver us from our sin. Oh friend, I hope you're not like Herod or the religious leaders of Jesus' day. My prayer for you is that you will or have bowed your knee to the baby who was born King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that you will experience the joy that is yours in Christ Jesus this Christmas. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.